Welcome to Northern Goal, the football podcast from the Evening Express and Pressing Journal. I'm Ryan Crowell and joining me today are our regulars, Jamie Durant, Paul Third, and Andy Skinner. How are you guys? Good, thanks. All good, thank you. Also joining us today is Sophie Goodwin, who has recently joined the Pressing Journal and Evening Express. Um, Sophie, first time nervous about appearing on Northern Goal? No, not nervous. Excited to get started. Good. Excellent. Okay, so today we will discuss our club sides returning to action after the international break. Those club sides being Aberdeen FC, Ross County, of course, Inverness, Cove, Peterhead, Elgin were all playing in the SBFL Trust Trophy over the weekend. Well, Elgin were meant to be, but their game was against Dunfermline was called off, unfortunately, because of COVID. What else would it be? Um, but yes, we'll We'll get to those games, but we'll start up Tawdry. Aberdeen um, set to return to action against Motherwell this weekend down at Fir Park. Paul, are we expecting to see a squad that has used the last two weeks to kind of, I suppose, iron out the, the issues we were seeing in the games just before the international break? They seem to... Uh, they seem to be struggling with the amount of fixtures they played and maybe things weren't clicking. There were a few new sign-ins. They'll have had to have used this two weeks to, to put those things right, yes? I would think so. They'll have had a few days off, clearly, because as you've just said there, it was a, a really busy run of games for Aberdeen. I expect September to be an interesting month, and October actually, because it's we're basically reverting now to one game a week for Aberdeen, and I'm sure that'll give Stephen Glass and his coaching staff some welcome time to bed in all these, these new faces. They did have a tough end to August. There's no getting away from that. I think the League Cup exit at Wraith, followed by the elimination from the Conference League to an excellent Carabag team, probably did dent the conference a wee bit, and you probably again saw that against Ross County in the last match. Going back to Europe, I, I know Rijeka and Real Sociedad were good teams, but Carabag I think it was the best team I've seen in recent years at Petodri. They were excellent and Aberdeen can have no complaints. They were well beaten. But Stephen Glass should be thrilled to see this window close and Ryan Hedges and Lewis Ferguson still in the red of Aberdeen. I guess the one surprise was seeing Matty Kennedy still here too as he hasn't kicked a ball so far. I don't know if that's going to change or I suspect not given with the arrivals of Austin Samuels, Marley Watkins, Matty Longstaff and, and David Bates. It's a, it's a strong squad now and it's gone from looking a little thin, especially at the back when Andy Considine suffered injury to having a few options there. Well, Lewis Ferguson, he'll obviously be coming back buoyed by the fact he's, he's won his first two senior Scotland caps and we all know that he's pretty much a guaranteed starter. Although the Matty Longstaff addition does... Um, make things a bit interesting in midfield, I would say, because he's obviously come from Newcastle on loan to play. Uh, what, what do you view now as maybe like the Dons strongest 11? Because with two games a week, it can be hard to tell because there's a lot of, you know, players have to be rested at times. And um, we sort of knew at the very start of the season what we ex- expected that first 11 to be, Christian Ramirez and uh, J. Manuel Thomas up front, for example. But with all these additions, do we think we'll see a slightly different 11 going forward? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I, I wonder who's going to drop out if we're st- staying with a back four, because you would expect Bates to play. And you then think, well, does that push McCrory out wide or into midfield? Or does that put one of McCrory or De- uh, Declan Gallagher on the bench that, that's the interesting part for me uh, you've also I expect Calvin Ramsey to play most weeks Jack McKenzie too um, but, but of course you now have the option of Johnny Hayes can still fill in there as well so it's hard you're asking me to pick an 11 if, if 
going with who we have at the minute, I would be saying I would play Bates and Gallagher, but it's with no real conviction, and that's probably a bit harsh on Ross McCrory. Uh, and my fullbacks would be Ramsey and McKenzie. I think it would be a 4-3-3, to be honest. So the three, I'm going to go with Longstaff, Brown and Ferguson. My front three, would you started well, you'd, you'd be hard pushed to leave him out um, but let's say my front three are Ojo, Ramirez and Marley Watkins but again look at all the other guys we haven't mentioned you've got Austin Samuels is on the bench in that case Johnny Hayes is on the bench Jet is on the bench and probably McCrory if I'm leaving him out so there's lots of options there lots of options Dean Campbell would be on that bench that's yeah. tough. That's really tough when you when you, <laughs> you start going through it. But hey, that's what Stephen Glass is getting paid the big bucks for, and not this amateur here trying to pick his team for him. They um they remain undefeated in the league, obviously. Um, although they were struggling a bit before the international break, as we've mentioned. Um, at times, uh, this month they've got Motherwell away, as we've, as I've said already. St Johnston at home, St Mirren away. Are we thinking that they should probably be ending this month or the 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 target they'll have is to end this month undefeated as well and hopefully with three wins? It's doable. I think they'll be they will certainly be aiming for nine points out of nine, but these are all tough games. We're going to be saying that every month when you look at the, the mini windows that you have after each international break. They've come and stuck at Motherwell previously. It's always a tough place to go. As we know with St Johnston, there are no there's so little between them when whenever they go head-to-head, and they struggled in Paisley last season. So it's to use the cliche, like I've just said, there, there's, there's no easy games. St Johnston next week is the one I am interested in seeing out of the three the most, though, because they've lost two key players in Ali McCann and Jason Kerr, and they were massive for them. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they react, because they're the squad, for me, that have come out weaker at the end of the window. I think the, the other three that Aberdeen are playing are, are in decent yeah, the other two, sorry, are in decent shape going into September. We obviously heard over the weekend, um, or was it the weekend before? I lose track of time. But uh, Andy Considine, he has spoken for the first time about his determination to return from the serious day injury he suffered in the first leg away in Azerbaijan against Karabag. Um, I was pretty, pretty impressed by his words. He seems to, um, as we've come to expect from Andy, it, it seems to be that the more people doubt that he can do something, the more determined and desperate he is to achieve that thing. So, I mean, do you expect him to see, back, see him back in a red shirt um, before the end of the season, Paul? Short answer, yes. Um, expanded on that, I think it's clear he's got a, a tough road ahead of him. But the, the good thing is he sounded positive. Um, I'm no medical expert. I know there's been advances in medicine. I still though, have that horrible feeling whenever I hear a player's had a, a cruciate ligament injury. Um, what is clear is the centre defence has missed him. He's, he's a calm head there, and I'm hoping the timescale that the club have put out when the injury was first diagnosed of roundabout Christmas is what it turns out to be, but certainly it's 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 a serious injury and he's going to need the time. It's more important that he gets back to being the Andy Considine that Aberdeen fans know rather than being rushed. Okay, uh, moving on to Aberdeen FC women who began their SWPL1 campaign at home losing to Celtic on Sunday. Paul, you were there. Um, I mean, the nature of SWPL1 means that 
Aberdeen as a part-time side, um, basically an amateur side, I suppose, um, all the players working full-time jobs away from football, they'll come up against these full-time professional outfits like Celtic, like Rangers, like Glasgow City. Hibs are also obviously operating, I think, a hybrid model as well. How how much of a steep learning curve is it going to be, I suppose, in these opening weeks, and especially in these game, the games against those sides I've mentioned for Emma Hunter's side? And based on what you saw, it's are they able to compete Pete, um, at least for some of the game against these, I know fitness will tell, but against these sides? I think so. I mean, it was one of the best teams in the country coming to Balmoral Stadium on Sunday to play against a, a side which has done an amazing job in winning back-to-back promotions already. What Sunday showed is the Dons are mentally strong because they were under relentless pressure and the attacks towards the Celtic goal were few and far between, got to be honest about that. But the positive aspect for me was they did carry a threat whenever they went forward and they did get at Celtic. I think the occasion, the fact the game's on TV, it's their first match in the top flight and the absence of two really key players and their captain Kelly Forrest in last season's top goal scorer Bailey Hutchison all contributed to that. But I think I think they'll be okay. I mean, they're, they're at Partick this weekend and that's, that's a team they know they've played against last season and it's not Celtic. Rangers in Glasgow City who Aberdeen are really competing with this season. I still expect that to be the top three when it's all said and done. It's the rest. Can they compete with the rest? And on the basis of what we saw, they've pushed a Celtic team that were runners-up to injury time before the points were secured, really. That augurs well for me. Sophie, in terms of this season, by the end of it, what would, what would success look like for, for Aberdeen women Emma Hunter's team? I mean... Are we thinking they're capable of being, aside from those sides, I mentioned the, the best of the rest? Yeah, I think, like Paul said, you know, there's a lot of positives to take from the game on Sunday. Um, they went toe-to-toe with Celtic a, a few times going forward. You know, the fact that they managed to get a couple goals, there's promising signs from it. And I think going into Sunday against Partick as well, that is a side that they know. It's a side that they've played, obviously, in the PL2 last season beating them most recently in June. So I think it's a, I feel it's a must-win game for them already so early on in the season on Sunday. And I think if they start picking up points, that yeah, there's no reason why they can't compete in this league. You know, like we've said already, there's three full-time teams, Hibs being a hybrid as well, that of course they're at an immediate disadvantage with that. But I think going forward, the mentality that they've had already this season, they've said that they're they're here to compete. They're not just here to make up numbers. Is great. It's if they start picking up results and the results and the mentality off pitch all come together. I don't see why they can't be compete with the likes of Spartans and Hamilton and Partick as well. Um, I think what they've done in terms of bringing in Gavin Beath, who knows women's football inside and out, you know he's done a great job at Dundee United. Is key moving to Balmoral, you know, playing all their home games there. Hopefully, in front of a decent amount of fans every week. Is going to be really good for them. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're what they're going to do this season because I do think that they can compete. There was promising signs there against Celtic, but what Aberdeen are going to want is to start getting results and start picking up points as quickly as they can. In terms of the young team, guys, obviously they were in SPFL Trust Trophy action, knocking off, knocking off, knocking out Arbroath, uh, a championship side uh, on penalties at Pitodry. Pretty impressive, I would say. Paul, did you agree? I think so. I mean, hands up, I wasn't at the game, but by all accounts, Aberdeen played really well and it's it's a terrific result against an Arbroath team 
which has started the season well in the Championship. I know Dick Campbell made a, a few changes for the trip to Pataudry, but it was a game which epitomises why B teams are in this competition. It's supposed to be a chance for promising young players to test themselves against seasoned players from other teams. And Barry Robson's youngsters came through their test on Saturday with flying colours. He must be delighted with what he got from his young side. Okay, well, we'll move on then. We'll go up to the Highlands, Andy, so he'll be doing a bit more talking. Uh, We'll start with Ross County, but that's after the break. Okay, so another squad that were in desperate need of some bonding time were Malky Mackay's Ross County. They've obviously had a lot of change over the summer. We're still finding their feet a little bit before the international break. Do you think do you think we'll see improvements, Andy, um, in the games ahead? I know that um, Malky was speaking about the need to pull players together and you know keep them you know keep them back after training to like play table tennis and have their lunch together. You know things they can now do in the post or nearly post-COVID world, to bond. Yeah, um, I mean, I thought those comments were were interesting about, you know, the squad being able to fully integrate because, you know, if you look back at the the previous 12 months and, you know, playing football through the, you know, the the COVID times, um, you know, any players that have come into a club like Ross County and Inverness in particular, you know, when players are having to relocate so far, um, it's proven really difficult for them to, to really, you know, bond with the, the rest of the squad, um, devi- deviating away but away from Ross County here. I remember Kai Kennedy when he was at Inverness last season having a, a you know, a, f- a few words to say on that subject and and how you know he was having to just train and then go back to his house and, and stay on his own just with the the, the rules. So, uh, you know, it's been difficult and you know quite a lot of what the the Highland clubs have been built on over the years has been that that close team spirit when a number of players have come from from further afield um with 12 signings coming in uh you know it's been difficult to to really you know glean too much about what Ross County are, are going to look like um a few weeks down the line uh, Malky's mentioned the fact that there's been a you know at least one debut every single week so far and you know Jack Baldwin came off the bench against Aberdeen at Pitodre we've got Alex Samuel, who we're, we're still to see. So, um, you know, there's going to be a, a little bit of transition still to come. But I think from the, the opening few weeks, it's been a difficult run of fixtures for Ross County, but they've they've shown up pretty well with a, a return of two points out of out of four games. So um, I think there's there's enough to, to suggest there that, that, you know, the building process is well underway. In terms of Alex Samuel, he obviously gave his first interview in the last few days. He looks to have a, a decent pedigree, doesn't he? With, uh, I think, a Wembley League One playoff success under his belt in the past. Yeah, um, I mean, he's played at a good level in, in recent times. You know, he, he was playing in the, the English Championship last season for Wickham, um, having played a you know a big part in them being promoted the, the year before. So, you know, that, that instantly should, you know, suggest that he's got uh, something about him and Although looking at his stats from the last couple of years, he doesn't look prolific in terms of goals scored. I think the reaction of Wickham fans when the transfer went through was, you know, one um, that, that that seemed to suggest he was very highly thought of down there. Um, I think one of the recurring themes was his work rate um, that he, he puts into games, um, and that's going to be, you know, a, a, a real key feature for 
for the Staggies. We, we saw at Pataudry the shift that Jordan White put in. Uh, he was excellent that day. Uh, but to have some sort of partnership there, perhaps for games where there's more expectation on County to to be on the front foot, um, you know, it's going to be a really interesting feature of their play. And uh, they've they've got options. They've reshuffled the forward line with Dominic Samuel coming in as as well as Alex Samuel. Um, no relation at all. But um, Ollie Shaw leaving, you know, gives them you know different options now to to complement Jordan White who clearly has been the, the first pick uh, pretty much constantly since uh, since he came in in January. Was uh, Tom Gravosti's loan to Elgin that was announced in recent days, was that was that needed? I know he's had quite a long period. I think it was a couple of injuries in the end that um, have kept him out, but I understand that the need is for him to go out and play games at at League Two level with Elgin if he's, you know, if he's going to be able to make it back into the, the Ross County first team. I think it's it's probably quite a smart move because you know county have signed a few defenders just now and you know they're still trying to um really settle their their back four um you know into into action with tom gravosti he's only played six games seven games i think in the in the last two years um he obviously had the the freak toe injury that you know required surgery and then he's he's not played at all after recovering from that, he's not played at all since last November, um, what was initially a hamstring injury. So uh, I think, you know, the feeling is if he goes on, on loan to, to Elgin at a, a level in League Two where, uh, you know, with, with all due respect, I mean, he should he should stroll that, uh, that that division if he, um, you know, gets himself fully fit and up and running. Gavin Price will be delighted to have a player of his calibre on board. So... Um, the, the hope will be that he can come back in January and, and be ready to to really stake his claim because he's a player that you know everyone at Ross County um, has been excited about for a long time. He's got plenty to to offer. Um, it's just about picking the right moment to to get him back up and running again. We talked about um, Arbroath, uh, the third year raised Arbroath making changes against Aberdeen B in the SPFL Trust Trophy Inverness. They obviously done the same for the visit of Highland League Bucky Thistle at the weekend, um, but because Billy Dodds can do absolutely no wrong at the moment, obviously loads of changes, fringe players, youngsters brought in, guys making their debut, scoring their first goals, veterans like Billy Mackay getting proper game time for the first time this season, but it, it, they won again, they won comfortably, it just, as I said, it all seems to be going right, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean it was, a, a, I suppose, quite a a bold move making 10 changes on on the face of it but i think it underlines the the belief that inverness have got strength and depth now and it's something that they've lacked uh, for quite some time now uh, last season you know they were they were late in going back to to pre-season and you know they ended up starting the campaign with with a number of kind of niggling injuries which um you know necessitated a lot of youngsters being put on the bench with no real sense that they were ready to, to come on and make an impact, but to be able to make 10 changes, um, you know, against a, a strong Highland League team that, you know, went to Inverness and, and, and went with an intent to try and, you know, attack them. Um, you know, it speaks volumes for, for what's being built at uh, Inverness and just, you know, the the fact that Lewis Jameson was able to, to come in and, and score his first goal, having not really featured so much um, in the previous weeks. Billy Mackay, who has been injured and 
getting off the mark with with two goals uh, is is huge for him, given you know how much Inverness will, will look towards him for goals once he's you know fully back up and running. Um, and Anthony McDonald was another one that caught my eye because he's had a, a pretty horrendous time of it with with injuries as well. Came in midway through last season, having previously been on loan, and just never got the the chance to get going after picking up a an, an injury. So, I think by all accounts, it was it was Paul that was at the game, but uh, and by all accounts, his performance was was very impressive, and um, you know, it'll give these guys a much needed kind of boost now. Um, they've seen how high the bar's been set by those that have occupied the. The eleven starting jerseys in the opening weeks of the league season, but uh, you know it was a, a real show of of intent on on the part of some of the fringe players that you know they're ready to to try and compete and put pressure on um, you know some of those starting players. Are any of them going to keep their places for Park Thistle, or do we expect them to to revert back to the the the, the eleven that's been doing so well? in the championship so far for Inverness? That's an interesting one because, you know, if it's going to be a, a big game against Partick. It's a huge opportunity um, for Inverness to, to build a real gap on Thistle, who are now their nearest challengers. You know, they can go six points ahead of them with a, a win on Saturday. Um, so, that, I mean, if you look at Billy Mackay scoring two goals and he's a known quantity that's been scoring goals in the, the Premiership up until recently... I'm sure Billy Dodds will will be full of temptation, and um, you know when it comes to to selecting him. But um, no, it's obviously a good headache for him to have, and and something that uh, you know is a sign that, that you know the everything really is going swimmingly well at uh, at Cali Stadium. Okay, after the break, then we will move on to Cove, Peterhead, and Elgin City. Right, so Jamie, starting first of all with Cove, they were seriously short manned for their uninspiring penalties win over Stenhouse Muir. I understand. Would you describe it as uninspiring? Was it a pretty pretty drab affair? They kind of the word lackluster, I think, has been used by a couple of the players to describe the performance, and it's probably it's probably bang on. Um, ultimately, with it being a cup game, getting through was, was probably the only goal, but there's certainly kind of huge huge room for improvement in their performance. Um, they kind of huffed and puffed at stages. They didn't kind of, they weren't kind of flowing. They weren't kind of what we can come to expect from Cove. Um, they're fairly quiet in the attacking third of the pitch, which is normally one of their strong strongest areas. Um, Steny, given the fact that they were kind of propping up the rest of the SPFL, coming up north, they, they were game opponents and they were, they were probably kind of, they would have gone away feeling kind of hard done by that they were out of the competition because they probably had some of the better chances to win the game. Um, the fact Cove through probably kind of reminds you of the old adage of good teams find a way to get to get the result when they're not playing well. Um, they'll have to up the game playing Montrose this weekend, given how consistent that Montrose normally are and they're always up at the top end of, of League One competing. Um, you do have to kind of caveat it with the fact that they have struggled for bodies in recent weeks through illness and injury. Um, they had Harry Milne and Ryan Strachan on the bench on Saturday, but Harry was just back from isolation and Ryan had been struggling with flu, I think, during the week. 
So neither of them were really expected to play. I think they were there more just to make up the numbers. So they only really had Robbie Leach on the bench to to come on and change things, which it's not ideal. And I think Paul Hartley's spoken recently about the challenges that, that he's kind of having to face day to day, week to week, just wondering what players he's going to have available. Um, he's already without Ross Draper and Jevon Anderson through injury. Um, Ian Vigas also sat out the game through illness. They did have um, Shea Logan and Fraser Fivey back involved, who'd missed the last couple of games, but seems to be at the minute, like when they're getting players back in, they're uh, they're going to be deprived of one or two more. When we look at Cove and the so the month they've got coming up in League One, um, it's obviously as as they've got challenges at the moment, as I've said. Um, it's one of those months, or it looks like one to me, where they could find themselves at the end of it and sort of be, you know, looking quite far up to the the top places. Um, do you think? Do you think they can avoid that? Do you think they can pull off results against Montrose? Peterhead is obviously one in form that Cove should potentially win, and then Airdrieonians as well is another really challenging clash. I think as a Cove player, it's probably the kind of month that you want to be facing. You want to have games against the top side and then there's a local derby thrown in there as well and obviously Peterhead beat Cove in the Premier Sports Cup at the start of the season I think once they start to get bodies back we might see a little bit more about what Cove are capable of it's been difficult to gauge that so far with the team changing from from week to week and not knowing who's going to be available certain players playing out of position Um, Connor Scully played at left-back on Saturday and was actually probably one of their better players um, in a position that's not a natural one for him. Um, Montrose, they, they kind of played at the back end of the uh, the kind of the playoffs. Uh, sorry, not the playoffs, but like the split last season in League One. And they won down there. Um, I think it's it's a good challenge for them. It's a home, it's a home game for them. And then Peterhead away. I mean, yeah, you can say on form that they would fancy it, but this kind of run Peter Header on won't last forever. And that'll be a game that they would they would target, I would imagine, to say, look, we we can prove for we're better than maybe the form guide suggests we are just now. Yeah, on Peter Head then they are really struggling at the moment. As we've said, uh, they lost to East Fife one nil having been beaten by them the previous weekend in, in the league, that last game obviously in the SPFL Trust Trophy like all the others. Um, when you read Jim McAnally's quotes at the moment, um, post-game, they're pretty like... I would, I would kind of classify them as being quite down in the dumps. It's all it's all about how the confidence is lacking in the players and it's kind of, you know, it's one of those things that's really difficult to turn around um, and they're just making like terrible mistakes to give the other team goals. They're not really... The other team isn't really having to work too hard to score against them. Um, do you think there's an element of Jim McAnally at the moment not knowing what his best team is going into the League One game against Cove uh, against Clyde this weekend? Well, I don't think he's got that many options to change things round. To be fair, at the minute, um, he's. I would think there will be a kind of like a settled eleven in his mind, but then he's he's only maybe had a few players to to bring in and out, and he's spoken multiple times about how the the three subs rule has killed killed kind of. Th- teams in that division so far and that um, having the option of bringing on five players keeps an extra two bodies involved whereas when you, you're down to three even if you've got limited 
choices and uh, it reduces it reduces your options and what you're able to do and when it comes to cup competitions you'd have to you have to kind of rotate to a certain degree but there's only really kind of three or four players that he's maybe been able to bring in um it's difficult as well because you your natural reaction would probably be when the things aren't going your way right we'll check up the personnel and and see if that makes a difference they're not getting absolutely battered in games like even when they got they got beat down at east 5-3-0 weekend before last they didn't play particularly badly they were creating chances but couldn't score um and again you look at the defeats that they've had when they've lost to Montrose when they lost to East Fife in the cup at the weekend when they lost down at Falkirk when they lost to Adrianians it was by the odd goal on each occasion so they're in games there maybe needs to be a degree of kind of they need to probably be more clinical in both boxes and maybe that does come with confidence maybe you the run that they're on at the minute when they're looking for they're looking for points and looking for victories that you do kind of maybe second guess yourself a little bit more and the decision making isn't as kind of seamless as it as it could be. Um one win. Who knows how that kind of changed the dynamic around the place. I think they are they are more than good enough to be higher than where they are. You had spoke to a lot of players earlier in the season and they were talking about challenging up for the playoff places. Um I don't think that's misguided. I think they are capable of doing that. Um, and I think from their perspective they'll hope that maybe they're getting this little sticky rut out of the way with early doors um, and once they kind of pick up a result who knows where that can take them Yeah, but Clyde who obviously beat Cove then Cove and then a visit to Queen's Park not to the not the best fixtures to round off September for Peterhead um, Andy Elgin they got a bye as we mentioned to the next round of the Challenge Cup due to Dunfermline's Covid issues they'll play in Inverness in the next round, but next up in League Two for them is uh, the big one for Elgin, or at least the, the one we were classifying as the big one before the start of the season. It maybe hasn't panned out that way, but they obviously go to early front runners, Kelty Hearts, this weekend. I mean, a win for them would obviously be huge in terms of um, their stuttering start to the League Two season. But can they can they deliver that win? Do we think? I mean, they played Kelty earlier in the season in the the Premier Sports Cup and. I think at that stage, Elgin, with a disrupted pre-season, were, I think they were relatively content with the way that they were sort of competing in the game. But I think on that occasion, Kelty's class really showed and it, it was a reminder of just how, how strong a force um, Kelty were, were going to be this season. And, and, you know, that stands true to their league form as they, you know, still remain unbeaten and uh, in League Two, uh, but Elgin will have the belief that they can, you know, give them a game on their day. Uh, it's not kind of all gone to plan so far for, you know, Gavin Price. I, th- I think, although it's, you know, good for them in some senses to have a a bye through the next round in in, in the Challenge Cup and yeah, a good tie at home to Inverness in the next round. Uh, I, I think you know coming off the back. Of a you know disappointing night against Edinburgh City the, the previous weekend, he'd have been looking for some sort of response and something to to build on from that Dunfermline game. Had it gone ahead, um, even if, if they weren't going to get the result, you know a, a good showing against a, a championship team could have done wonders for their their confidence. 
so it, it might come with a bit of frustration that that, that Edinburgh game is not fully out of their system yet. But um, that's it's a very big ask to to go and try and be the the first team to to get the better of Kelty in the, in the division so far, given the the start that they've made to the season. Okay, well, look forward to that one this weekend um, in Highland League terms. Um, Fraserburgh are still undefeated. It wouldn't have surprised you know. Thirdy's delighted about that. <laughs> um, if you'd <laughs> the tonight we've got the Evening Express Aberdeenshire Cup semi final between for Martin and Devon Vale. For Martin, will be looking to bounce back from a defeat to Richard Hastings in Veruri at the weekend. If you'd like more Highland League chat analysis highlights features, you can watch Highland League Weekly show on the PNJ website. Um, you can also sign up to our Highland League and Aberdeen FC newsletters on that site. Um, but that's it for this week's episode of Northern Goal. Thanks to Paul, Jamie, Andy and Sophie for joining me today. Cheers, guys. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks, folks. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can like and subscribe in your favourite podcast app. You can email us at northerngoal at dctmedia, dctmedia, that would be, .co.uk. And finally, enjoy whichever games you're watching this week. Hope you loved the episode. And if you did, we'd be grateful if you could leave us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to pick up your copies of the Press and Journal and Evening Express every day for the best football writing and analysis in the North.